0: Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J R N I.co.
1: On today's episode, we're going to talk about signature themes. But before we do, Noel, I have a fun fact for you. Yes. I was um, reading a book called Moonshots, and so information in this world used to double every 100 years, and then I think around the um, Industrial Revolution, it was uh, information was doubling around 25 years. Today, guess how fast information doubles. It blew my mind.
2: Oh my goodness. I don't know.
1: Every 12 hours. Wow isn't that crazy? I mean it makes sense, obviously because the internet and the uh you know the hockey stick of just how fast the the world is changing, but holy shit, every twelve hours the information in this world is doubling
2: and i I think you and I are contributing to that right now,
1: yeah, absolutely, and you know what's great about this uh you know bringing it back to coaching. Um, the amount of knowledge, the amount of ways we can help people, the amount of doors we could go into uh, self-betterment and, and all, the, all the different categories of wellness is just it's, – it's like stars in the sky. It's endless.
2: It is. And something that I think about a lot is there's you know, the sense of how am I going to do this? And, you know, then you get into the field and you realize that your options for communicating with people are limitless, limitless. Oh,
1: man. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, within our lifetime, I've just seen and I don't know whose lifetime uh, would would be the generation that sees the most. Uh, maybe um, I know that uh, my uh, probably our great grandmothers who who actually uh, grew up with like buggy trailer and now are able to um, access, have access to the internet, maybe that generation, I'm not sure. But uh, it's, it's, it's moving at such a rapid rate that it's, uh, it's part terrifying, and part super exciting.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just think about in your daughter's lifetime.
1: Yeah, what's,
2: what's going to happen and what she's gonna see, you know, that it's, um it's astounding.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, um, as someone who's a coach, and also has a clinical background, Um, just during my lifetime in the last decade, I'm sure you felt it too. uh, The world of wellness and how we learn and how we educate and how we help other people is it's probably the most exciting time ever.
2: I completely agree. And uh, in addition to that, I've seen so much really high level discourse about the collective state of fear and suffering. And there's this growing wave of optimism accompanying the wellness industry and the wellness market itself saying you know there is an entire industry that's basically dedicated to building hope
1: yeah absolutely and it's like there's there's very little uh tolerance now for negativity and living in the past and you know all, all of the stuff that makes us stuck
2: And we can only hope that it continues to grow and surge because, you know, when you look out into the world, one of the things that we know from positive psychology and resiliency theory is that it's never black and white. Things are never terrible without also being very, very good.
1: Right, right. And so training your mind to see the good in an authentic, honest way is so powerful.
2: And uh, we're contributing to the information superhighway right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about signature themes.
2: Yeah, and, and spreading hope, right? Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's why we're coaches there's, there's something in us that wants to be of service to others. Um, so you're familiar with the concept of signature themes based on your clinical training. And do you want to give a rundown on what this stuff is, how it works in therapy land?
1: yeah so in therapy land we have to be careful and be aware of um what we are projecting onto our clients so for example if i'm talking to a client about say a marriage um say i'm say say that i'm i'm not monogamous but my client is i have to be careful um, not to put my shoulds or definitions um, or triggers any of it you know onto the client because with any human exchange there's going to be be stirring you know on both sides and so I think for coaches we also have that responsibility because even though we're not therapists we still experience um, a lot of things when we're you know having conversations especially deep conversations with our clients
2: yeah you're spot you're absolutely spot on and so today what we're we're highlighting is a piece of um education that we created specifically for journey and specifically for our intensive because you and I have really diverse backgrounds so where you came from the clinical path and moved into coaching, I actually started out. On the coaching path with an executive coaching certification, um, co-joined with a master's in org development, and then went on to explore a PhD in human sexuality. So when I was in that world of human sexuality and I was learning about all of this stuff, from a therapeutic perspective of what it's like to be in session when you're bound by the medical model and you're bound by um, all of the rules and regulations that govern licensure it struck me that coaches are not trained in the same way
1: Mm, that's right
2: yeah coaches are are traditionally trained to draw a line in the sand And step gingerly away from anything that's delivered in the therapeutic range. And while that is good and fair and ethical on a lot of levels, it doesn't take into account the experience of the coach themselves. And everybody who works with humans deserves to have access to really high level graduate education, whether or not you ever choose to set foot inside a university, that will help you understand yourself in context and help you avoid being triggered in session or triggering someone else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that if you are not uh, aware of this and processing this, working on this, uh, you could also burn out because sessions can become very exhausting and you might not know why.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And we've seen that happen a lot where folks have come through our doors at Journey and they think they want to work on one thing and they get into those sessions with the client and they're in pain um, and they choose not to do it anymore. And that's okay. That's okay. It's always okay to change your mind. And no matter what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. Um, and, but also signature themes then mm-hmm. is also uh, so, uh, uh, in a way self-care for it a coach. Is.
2: Yeah. It's it's self-care and it's it's self-reflection. And that's really what we're talking about here is intentional and active self reflection that will give you tools that you need. So Let's go into the theoretical underpinnings of this work. So Freud was the first one to require that his students engage in psychoanalysis on themselves so that they could get ahead of or become aware of their own issues before working with people. And he used to train folks in his living room on lots of cocaine.
1: <laughs> and also a lot, a lot of hours. A They're lot not, of they hours. Yeah, they weren't 50 minute sessions.
2: No, no. So he, he was the first one to do it. And then there's, you know, a really rich history moving into the realm of social work. Two of my favorite theorists in this work are Virginia Satir and Bowen. So Satir focused on the the lived um, enactment of forgiveness and mending and her theories really say that if you've struggled with relationship and, and suffered pain in life go find that person mend the fences and give them a hug and really do it you know truly do it because life is short and psychologically it will be to your benefit to engage in forgiveness. And then Bowen was really focused on family dynamics, structural systems, family, and, and Bowen theories say that the the largest work of your adult life is to overcome your relationship with your family of origin.
1: Yes. And also by, and this is what I love about Bowen, is by raising your differentiation of self. And that's the whole thing where um after learning about that, um, where I started talking about containers and the pseudo versal so it, it really resonated with me.
2: Yeah. Can you give a different a definition of differentiation?
1: Yeah, it's it's I mean, just like street level, it's basically um who it's basically, you know, this whole idea of not exchanging your truth for membership. Um it's knowing who you are in feeding that truth instead of uh, disappearing by trying to fulfill other people's needs or you know pretend, pretending to be someone you're not' it's, it's living in your solid self and I think especially in families because those dynamics are so powerful um, it's very easy to lose yourself and have a very weak stance and that's when you triangle and you do all these things where you, where you you know have a lot of anxiety and the, the, the family unit then has power over you and stunts your, your individual growth.
2: Yeah, and it's 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 not and it's so interesting when we really get down to this stuff because it's it's the family unit and it's also the stories that the family tells about the way the world is and what's right and what's wrong and that really feeds into a lot of social construction theory, the list of shoulds that exists for a given person, which can get deep and wide. And so, you know, guys, as you're listening, one of the important things to understand is that every single one of us is subject to this stuff. No one gets out scot-free. All of us come, come from a family of origin,
1: right? Well, we all come from families. Um, No family is perfect. Uh, No child enters adulthood unscarred. And then we all live in societies so that that construct is also there, too.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. So we can really find a lot of compassion. You know, I think when we start talking about this stuff, people. I when I when we when I teach it in class, I watch body language and I start to see kind of shoulders go down and people start to say, "Oh, you know." And they, there's this feeling that accompanies it. But what we know from connecting to all of humanity through self-compassion studies is you can feel better. By looking out into the world and recognizing that every single person who is walking down the street alongside of you has felt something similar at one time Mm. or another.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think in in that way, you know, there is a sense that we are all connected. There's a sense that we've all been through um, what we're all struggling with, even though we have different stories. A lot of uh, the things that we all struggle with are the same. They're thematic.
2: They are. They're the same and they're thematic um, with nuanced differences, right? And, And that's why we're here today is to talk about the fact that even though there are very connective, broad strokes for all humans, there are nuanced differences. And so when we're doing this work of reflection to both connect to all of humanity and then connect to ourselves is understanding ourselves and then understanding the difference.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and I think probably in that order.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So at its core, when we're talking about doing self of the therapist work, there are two states. There's part one and there's, there's part two. So part one is a state of awareness that you gain around your lived experience and your emotional life and the coping patterns that took place for you. And then the second part, part two, is mastery over those issues so that they're not showing up in session and the session isn't about you and your story, the session is about your client and your client's story, and you're not confusing the two.
1: One of the questions I always get is how do, how do you know when you're making it about you? How do you know when you're making it about the client? Like, At what point um, should you not be you know, so transparent, but, but you need to bring it back to the client? How would you know? What do you think?
2: yeah so for me and the way that so so guys i teach this class this is the class that i teach and this is where the formula of awareness combined with mastery comes in the the mastery piece is actually that verbal and intellectual control over deciding with clarity and intention to either share your story or not in order to enhance the session right and the way that I languaged that was really important to share your story or not in order to enhance the session so when you're sitting there in session and you have this like internal pull this urge to share if it's really kind of sitting there and pulsating. That's usually tip number one that this is for you (laughs) because you're not, you don't have like quite have control over it with intention. It's just you're dying to share, to be seen. To be validated you know and so the question that and the way that i've heard you phrase it john to our students before is to say you know is this for you or is this for the client
1: right and i like what you said you know enhancing or moving the session forward um i think that if your share is going to help the client and you have to really be honest with yourself and you believe that then then that's probably a good thing um if your if your share is coming from ego, if your share is coming from you know a showing off place or look how far i've come, then that's probably not going to uh build trust.
2: Yeah, and let me give you an example. Um so i've had the privilege of many 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 people telling me these words, i think i'd like to get a divorce. Boom, and when somebody drops those words, you know, it hits like a boulder and i'm divorced you're divorced um it's a big deal it's life-altering lowers your happiness set point you know all the things so w- when somebody says those words i as a coach i have no idea where that person's at and i can't assume where that person's at so you know even if i said something like wow that's terrible you know, it might not be. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, exactly. So, so if you give your opinion either way, either whether it's, it's terrible or congratulations, that might not be where they're at. And so you're putting your definitions on their experience.
2: Yeah. So, so, you know, somebody tells me as a coach, um, I think I want to get a divorce. If, if I'm making it about me and I'm inappropriately sharing, I would be accessing my own memory, my own emotions, and making an assumption that that person is going to have the same experience as me. So I might say something like, oh, my God, that's terrible. You're in for years of just horrible stuff. Pain and suffering. Pain, You're going to be alone for the rest of your life. And, you know, let me tell you about my ex-husband, right? Not good, guys. That Don't do this at home. Um, if... If I'm, if I'm using this work, this act of reflection to realize that I had a really unique experience with divorce, and just because that word might be similar to my experience, uh, it, it doesn't mean that my client's going to have anything like what I experienced. So the, the right way to come at this stuff is somebody says, I think I want to get a divorce. And for me as a coach to say, wow. That sounds like a really big decision. I remember what it was like when that happened to me. Tell me what's going on for you.
1: Yeah, I think it's about um, not judging the event, but being with the client as far as you know, the person centered in, in where they are and supporting their truth.
2: Yeah, and now let's talk about how to use it to enhance a session because I think that gets blurry, right? So you know, when, when we do work... Around activating events, whether it's HIV or cancer or divorce or um you know a, a an accident that alters someone's capacity for ableism, when somebody faces something that is really big and changes your life, the first thing that they want that they want is to talk to somebody who's been through it and who's okay mm-hmm. so
1: Because that person represents hope. Because that person
2: represents hope, right. And so, you know, and and a lot of times in our our marketing and the way that we share our story to let people know that there is hope, you know, we're telling our story, we're sharing our story. It's gold. It doesn't mean that our life experience um, is a valid example of what a client should do in session. And remember, coaching isn't about giving advice, but it is appropriate to lend hope. So if someone's going through a divorce and they are experiencing despair and darkness and they can't find their way out, it might be appropriate for me to say, hey, I know you have a million things on your plate right now that we're working through from the bank accounts to the mediator to childcare. It is heavy and it feels heavy for a reason. I went through it too and I'm living proof that there is life on the other side right so in that example i'm centering the client i'm validating i'm keeping that client on task with everything that they have to do and i'm not sharing to say do what i did i'm sharing to say i'm alive
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: you're going to be alive too
1: right so instead of judging what they're going through you're injecting hope
2: Exactly. You're injecting hope. And that's and that's the really specific thing. So there's a deeper cut of this work. Um, and this is what I work on with our students. So if you're a, a coach and you feel like, wow, I never got this training, come see us. It's what we do. Um, I'll help you sort through it. So with every activating event, we all have a really unique set of patterns and behaviors that come from that activating event. And those are the things that we have to watch out for as far as projection goes. So, you know, with divorce, one of my personal patterns was a tendency towards codependence. John, did Mm -hmm. you experience that when you got divorced?
1: Sure. Um, Absolutely. Um, Codependence in the sense, you mean codependence in my marriage or uh, with with uh, after my marriage?
2: Well, I experienced it afterwards, but not everybody does.
1: Right. So let me ask you this with uh, with codependence um, after the marriage. Did you also experience that with clients or more so with friends and, and people around you? Personal life. Um,
2: it, it was it was it was mostly in my romantic relationships that I experienced codependence. Um, but I realized That it was showing up with my clients where I was making an assumption that they were also experiencing codependence when they weren't.
1: Right. So for me, it was the opposite. Um, And of course, because you and I are opposite in every category, which 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 I love, um, I experienced it heavy in the marriage, um, less so after the marriage.
2: This is a great example, guys, right? So we have two really common themes. We have d- divorce and codependency. John and I both experience both completely differently. Completely differently. And so neither one of us can ever make an assumption that this is just what people experience.
1: Yeah, and with me, uh, my codependency was part of the problem and probably uh, contributed to the expiration of my marriage. And then post-marriage, um, it was the first time I experienced uh healthy independency where I kind of, you know, was dating myself for three years and learning to be with myself and sit in restaurants and not be codependent on other people and uh, the the whole, you know, uh, seeking a- approval, validation, making sure that everyone else is okay before me. All of that was just um, learning and growth after the marriage. But before the marriage, that's, that was my life.
2: And, and this is so great because, I mean, again, we are total opposites. So I did the opposite of John. Instead of dating myself for three years, which I wish I really did, I jumped into crazy relationships.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: I was seeking validation through others. And it wasn't until years later when I finally started to experience healthy relationships that I was able to shake this stuff off and really come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. And so as we're disclosing – what I hope that we're highlighting is how similar but different our paths can be. And I, th- I think that in all of this, where the magic comes in as coaches and, and really adhering to the discipline of coaches of coaching is with empathy.
1: Yeah, that's soil
2: that that's the superpower
1: is because I- with 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 empathy, it doesn't matter what your story is it doesn't matter at all. Like, you know, like it doesn't matter how different your story is, empathy uh, slices.
2: Exactly. And so when we're doing this reflective work, when we're tapping into our own signature themes, and you can do this with a friend, you can do this, um, you know, on your own, you can do this through our intensive, um, you know, John and I are talking, and I'm listening to him, and I'm imagining what it was like for him to date himself for three years. And I know John, and I know LA, and I'm like, I'm. I want to hug you right now because I know what that must have been like. Yeah, to very go... lonely. But right, and and you know, and and I'm just I'm pulling from such a place of empathy, getting into your own experience that my experience is psychologically on the back burner right now because I'm I'm tuned into John and I'm like, oh yeah, I went through that too, but it was ten years ago and it was weird, you know, like. <laughs> like
1: right. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people say the word empathy like we say the word gratitude, um, but, you know, very few of us actually practice it. And so um, when you're going through a coach training program, you actually uh, have the space to practice active empathy um, with, you know, with your, your peers and actually your learn, peers. learn to sharpen that, that tool, that muscle.
2: And to be trained in this stuff because these core issues that are referred to in training as signature themes are actually your assets that can be tapped into to connect and intervene successfully with clients. And there is a science and practice to learning how to do it.
1: Yes. And here's the plus. Um, It's going to make you a better human, period has nothing to do with even coaching. I mean it does. It has everything to do with coaching, but even aside from that, uh the 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 byproduct is it's going to make you better in all your relationships, including the relationship with you.
2: Oh, yes. And and I, I my favorite thing about this work is you know, watching minds be blown one after the next and then to have folks walking around outside in the world looking at all of the people on the subway platform like, oh my God, they all have signature themes and coping patterns. Every single person here <laughs> has gone through this stuff. Like, oh wow, <laughs> there's deep stuff under the surface.
1: Guys, um, in the next 12 hours, the amount of information in the world is going to double. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you could either be afraid of that or take that and uh, not only the information, but of course, your story, your experience um, and all the tools that you have uh, to actually help people. And to me, that is it's, it's one of the most beautiful things happening today. And there's a lot of people doing it. So if you're interested in coaching, check us out at Journey Coaching and uh, we'll see you in class.
2: Yes. Take care. Have a great one.
0: Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noelle's six step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.